Welcome to the first podcast, a podcast of First Baptist Church Lake Butler, where the pastors gather to encourage and equip our church to engage the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new year. My name is Pastor Jonathan, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason and Pastor Stephen. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. And it is 2024. Just two days in. It's been two weeks That's since right. we posted anything. I know, I know. Sorry we didn't tell you guys we were going on vacation. To our listeners in New Zealand, we're so sorry. Yes. yes. <laughs> to those of you out there across the nations that listen to us, so tell them, a, tell them, guys. Yeah. In, our, in our podcast, uh, what would you call that? Metrics. Metrics. It shows you where people are listening from. And apparently, there's some New Zealanders. So if you need to host us and whoever's in New Zealand, did we have, do we have any members like take a vacation in New Zealand? So. Is that who was listening to us? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Not that I know of. Have you guys ever been to New Zealand? No. Jonathan, I feel like you know the answer to that question before you ask it. <laughs> I know. What a, what a question. <laughs> and I've not even been to New England. Oh yeah. 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 At any rate. We also had some listeners in Iceland, which is crazy. Wow. I know. Hmm. So maybe there's a fluke. Maybe there's a fluke. I bet they were like, hey, I need a new podcast. Let's type number one podcast, (laughs) the first podcast, and then boom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, we just want to let our listeners know, man, we're making a difference. So continue your donations. (laughs) You're contributing to a worthy ministry. All right, let's do it. What are we going to talk about today? Well, in the new year, we are taking a new direction, a new path for our Sunday school hour, our Bible fellowship groups. This has been a thing that we've talked about for a while, and it does change the path of what we have done in, in the Ruh-roh. past for a long time. I know. I know. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because we have used the project, the uh, the gospel project for a long time, um, probably what, eight years? That's for curriculum. For curriculum. A long time. Done by Lifeway. And that curriculum is very helpful. What they do is in about four quarters, four to six quarters, they go through the entire story of the Bible. Yeah. So it's very helpful and it's very helpful for lots of age groups. But we are going to have our adult classes go to a new subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it well. We we did that intentionally. We, we wanted um, age-graded curriculum. 10 years ago, uh, all the ages on the same page. And um, we also, we preach expositionally through books of the Bible here, but we also felt like we needed to lead our congregation uh, through an uh, understanding of the entirety of Scripture. Matter of fact, even before we did that, there was a systematic theology Mm -hmm. overview Mm -hmm. that we did, and then we did chronological. And um, we just feel like that's been helpful, and it's run its course. It may be a time to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are other specific areas in the life of our church and the maturation of our church that it's very important for us to speak to. And one of those is biblical conflict resolution. That's right. If you're in relationships with other sinners you're going to have to be able to navigate conflict resolution. It is a part of life. Not many people do it well, if any, Mm -hmm. but if there are people who should be able to do it well, it should be the people of God who have been given the wisdom of God on how to do this uh, and relate to one another to 
the glory of God. And um, I would say many of us grew up in churches and never heard anything really about biblical conflict resolution. And if you really think about it, conflict is such a regular part of our life. Right. Because we're sinners, we face conflict every single day. Sometimes it's you know, a passing conflict with a stranger. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time it's in our homes. It's, it's with the people we love the most. Mm. And those conflicts can range from a misunderstanding of who was supposed to make coffee that morning to major issues. And to, and, and you're right. So I say that to say, to think that we've, we really historically have lacked biblical teaching and understanding of something that is so normal and regular part, a regular part of life is kind of dumbfounding. You know, if you really think about it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it'd be like saying, you know, man, we just hadn't taught taught on how to read your Bible or, or why we should pray. You know, that would be crazy for a church to, to have to come to that conclusion. But I mean, something so, so much part of our, of all of our experience, our life experiences, and we're just ill-equipped. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And something, as you said, will touch all of us. And so we are all going to handle conflict. It's just a matter of, are we going to handle it biblically or not? Yeah. I think most of us probably fall into, I think the normal means of handling conflict are what's in your tool bag is the example you were raised with. Mm. So you're either a yeller, blow up, you know, rip and rare, or you shelf everything, you don't address everything, you know, and, and then ultimately there's a... Pout, stare out the window. Right. Avoid conflict at all costs. So, there, yeah, there's all these coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that we learn by example growing up. Mm. And, you know, you can probably... It definitely, if you're married, you definitely know what yours are and what your spouses are. Yes. And so we're really wanting to say, let's dedicate time to learn what scripture has to say about something that is such a prevalent part of our lives. And let's be biblical about conflict for the glory of God. You know, certainly we want to be able to get along with people better and navigate conflict better. But where I really, really want to pull at your heart is I want people to look at the church and see how we navigate relationships and handle conflict and the world goes you guys are able to do that in a way that we've never seen before. And too often it's been that the people in the community have heard about another split down there mm. at the church or someone's in a uproar or the preacher's been run off or, uh, you know, family members have gotten hurt and they're no longer going to church anymore. And good night. We want to be able to uh, avoid that for his name's sake. Mm. So is there a book or some kind of material that, helps us do this, that helps us understand conflict from a biblical perspective. Well, Brother Jonathan, I think we should look at the Bible. <laughs> no, it's very true. There's our book. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, loaded question. So certainly uh, the Bible is sufficient for all that we need for um, godliness. And um, mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a brother who is gifted in this field, and he's really written the, the book. <laughs> oh, God, biblical conflict resolution yeah. resolution is called uh, the peacemaker 
And I believe we went through it as a staff years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've um, also tried to read through it personally, but it's hard for me to say how rich. This is everyone's go-to. Mm-hmm. Like biblical counseling ministries, you almost uh, immediately, they're like, grab the peacemaker and here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've we've kind of introduced that to the congregation. And for those of you who are listening, I highly encourage you to get the peacemaker and read through it. But um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So the peacemaker is trying to consolidate the Bible's whole teaching on how to handle conflict. And he does this through this kind of um, conflict scale, this slippery slope where on either end of conflict, we either escape as we're talking about, or we fight, we attack. And then on this slope, this scale, he shows us all the different types of biblical responses to conflict. And every chapter is just so great in kind of covering different topics, different uh, elements of conflict, our heart's responses to them. And it's just going to be, I think, a rich unveiling of how God calls us to live and respond and maybe even avoid conflict in some ways mm-hmm. to be the types of people who are trying to be those who are at peace and who create and cultivate peace. So it's so good. It's a, it's a really great book. What were the um, three things that you mentioned to our small group leaders and classes um, in in the purpose for the study or what they would get out of it? Yeah. I mean, the first one is just that like on the topic of being a peacemaker, conflict resolution, there really isn't a more talked about book than this one. Mm-hmm. Like this is like the book. Rarely is that the case, but in this situation, mm-hmm. it certainly is. And then also it just the reality we've all tapped into, which is that we all face conflict. So it's something that many of us might not want to talk about, but it is a reality. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that because we all face and we all have to handle, we want to know how to do that biblically. What's God's will for conflict? Because he has one and in his word, he shows us. So this book is helpful for that. And then the third reason is that other churches have used it and then speak of the fruit that it has borne in their congregation. And even knowing, you know, you you guys went through it here on staff and just, it continues to be used again and again. And the good stuff that comes about from it is really clear. So can either of you guys, would you be able to maybe whet our appetites on what's to come? What some of the, some of the things we're going to be learning about? Yeah. We'll just open the table of contents and just kind of uh, pick out a few things to, uh, give everyone an idea of what we're going to be talking about. And so um, part one's about glorify God, which I'm, I'm so thankful that's the starting point because um, everything, even our conflicts are designed for the glory of God. Um, mm-hmm. The first sub point in that chapter is conflict provides opportunities. Right. What do you mm-hmm. think that means, Jonathan? Yeah. The opportunities are, what, it, what conflict shows about us and our hearts, and then also what it shows about how we can live biblically in response to what is happening. So he defines conflict as a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates someone's goals or desires. Mm. That just happens left and right, right, whether you're in marriage, in a family, in a workplace, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. We're going to have different opinions and desires and things are going to just happen. And so conflict as opportunities is really a way of saying that the stuff that we face relationally that, that, you know, that don't line up with each other's values and goals are times where we are to say, what would God have me do in this situation? Is this an opportunity to forgive? How do I do that? What does it look like to sometimes overlook an offense? 
when do I, you know, what, what in my responses, am I attacking? Am I, am I just leaving the situation? Those are the types of things that we're trying to learn about ourselves and then how to Mm. handle it biblically. So one conflict exposes our hearts. Yeah. Um, what's going on in our hearts. Conflict exposes if we respond in sinful anger when there's conflict. Um, I didn't get what I want, so I'm going to sin to get it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's easy to see that when it's in sinful anger and outburst. But But is it also sinful when I don't get what I want and I retreat? Mm-hmm. I'm passive. I'm pouty. Um, because instead of either one trusting God's providence and sovereignty or trusting God to give me the grace to speak truth, instead, mm-hmm. I just avoid conflict yeah. at all costs because of fear of man. So conflict has provides all kind of opportunities, one, in exposing our own hearts and our own sinfulness. And I would just mention that maybe above all, conflict provides an opportunity for God to be glorified. I think it's very seldom that we look at a conflict and say, oh, God's ordained this for me today to demonstrate love Mm -hmm. that's unnatural or to uh, be a peacemaker or, you know, to extend forgiveness, as you mentioned er earlier, Jonathan, uh, to reconcile uh, but looking at this and saying, hey, in the divine plan of God, he's placed me in this relationship of marriage, relationship with kids, relationship at church. And my goal above all is how will I now glorify God through this conflict? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. better know how to answer that question. Right. All right. What else we're going to be looking at? Yeah. Part two then goes, it's called get the log out of your own eye, kind of in Matthew 7, 5's you know, way of understanding that. In so many of our situations, we tend to point the finger and we say, this is what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. You've offended me in this way. But Jesus, I think, shows us that in most situations, there are things that we have done and maybe even have done, you know, to a greater degree that we need to focus first on ways that we need to repent instead of getting others to repent. So I'll just say this book, it might seem like, you know, because we're doing an overview, it's very heady. And it has God's glory and like these big kind of topics. Yes, it does. But he is very, very practical. He has done this uh, for decades. And so there are examples upon examples. And it's very detailed, like even in the situation of when to overlook an offense. Proverbs says it's a joy. It's the joy of a man to overlook an offense. Can I just overlook something like adultery? Like, no, you know, right. Can I overlook something like my brother took the candy I wanted? Yes. You know what I mean? So he, he helps you in very particular ways, see how biblical principles are to be lived Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And, and what about situations where someone says, I'm sorry, but you, yeah. Well, is that truly, yeah. yeah, Did did we really reconcile when the guy said, I'm sorry, but, and even, even having a, a biblical definition of overlooking. Yes. Like just because you didn't react in an outburst doesn't necessarily mean you biblically overlooked it. If you're, yeah. if you're, res- if there's resentment yes. inside or you're, you know, you keep that scorecard mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not overlooking an offense. So just, just Jonathan mentioning that brings up, man, 
we need to be, for lack of better terms, educated and convicted mm-hmm. on these practicals. Yeah, think about, um, you know, people who said, I don't think they ever think they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, how many people have said that? And, and that's what they feel like, because perhaps maybe the person is extremely prideful or perhaps they have no lens category for what biblical confession looks like. You know, one of the things in the peacemaker are the seven A's mm-hmm. of confession. So when you're looking at, you know, what what's it look like to actually properly biblically confess to my spouse, to my children or children of parents or to a friend? Like there are ways that are so wrong, like I mentioned earlier. I'm sorry, but well that that's not taking responsibility. Right, right, or right. if I sinned against you, then I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, if I sinned against you, it means I'm not even sure if I sinned mm-hmm. against you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very... I'm sorry you took it this way. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I'm sorry this made you feel... Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's going to... Because if you've been on the receiving end of that, you don't feel like they really meant it. Or, you know, they said they were sorry, but I don't think they... There's been no repentance. Mm. When, where there's no repentance, there's no reconciliation. Well, who determines what repentance looks yeah. like? You know, th- this book yeah. goes in and fleshes all of those answers out. And I just think if we just really got raw and honest, I think there's a lot of Christians who may not even understand how to apologize, mm-hmm. how yeah. to repent in a conflict. Yeah, so we need this. Yep. And because, you know, just being exposed to this, you know, some 10 years ago, I can speak personally about the difference that it has made in not only in my own life um, as it relates to my spouse and to um, the, the, the church, but even in being able to teach my children, no, that wasn't an apology. Right. You know, and, and having to actually sit down with them and say, Confessing is this, and repentance will look like this. Mm. It's just so helpful on multiple levels. So, what will the what will this look like as practically in our BFG groups? And when do we start? And what's what's the? Are we reading a book? Are we? How's this going to look? Yeah, we're going to get everybody, all adult class BFG attendees, uh, a book so that they can read on their own. And every week we will cover half a chapter, essentially. We'll, we'll take a chapter every two weeks and teachers are going to use a, uh, a study guide that I'll be writing, kind of drawing from one that they have available and then some other churches have done. So trying to get kind of the best together for a teaching plan. There'll be some discussion, just things like that, that we'll cover all of the chapters in this. There are 12 chapters, so we're going to take, take our time. And uh, yeah, so that's the plan. Awesome. When do we start? Oh, yeah. So we will start on January 21st. The training, which y'all should make, your whole class should come to, is on January 14th during the normal BFG hour. So be there, and we will go through the plan, make sure everybody has a book, and uh, handle any questions, and just kind of go through all the details. Right. I, I do want to say that in reading this material and going through what what is here... I think it is a very common problem that Ken Sandy brings out that we often kind of live with the appearance of peace, Mm -hmm. but don't really have true lasting peace 
within the congregation. And I'm not trying to bring up anybody or, or point anything out, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is that there, there is real wisdom when we put the Bible into practice, where when true repentance is done, real confession happens, there is a freedom and a type of closeness that comes that when that doesn't happen, our community of faith is going to really kind of be superficial until that happens. So I think, I think it's good. Yes. Like keep the glory of God on, on the forefront of our minds for all of this. But we also need to remember that in practicing God's word, as we're told in the Psalms, there is great reward. And I think a huge reward of that is just the community that starts getting formed when we are honest with ourselves about our sin. We are honest about where our hope is found in Jesus. We are equipped with some wise ways of handling conflict because we all go through it. And in doing this, I just think that it's going to really grow and nurture the faith of our people in having this relational wisdom when it comes to putting God's word into practice. Amen. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point of the the benefit and reward of obeying God's word in our body. But I, I think you mentioned it, but the opposite is also true. And I, I don't think we realize that in its fullness. When we're not practicing mm. peacemaking, when we're not people who are regularly exercising um, confession and repentance, there's consequences to that mm-hmm. and that we may not even realize. Right. And and I pray that as we are strengthened in this area, as we grow in this area, that the Lord would open our eyes to see, yes, the benefits and obedience, but where you know, help us to see where we've where we've missed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So th- so that we could say, Lord, keep us from that. Let us not go back to that place. Yeah. Amen. So before we close it, where where else are we going in the book? I think there's a few more pieces. Yeah. The third part is about restoration. Gently restore, which comes from Galatians 6, that we should be the types of people who welcome and restore back into relationship when something happens. That means we're not holding them at arm's length. We're not um, making mm. them continually pay for what they mm. have done. That's not true forgiveness and reconciliation. And so that part is all about... The steps to take just between the two of you, the way that we need to be continue those who speak um, to each other in love, and then when it is appropriate to bring more people into the conflict. So a lot kind of, you know, within the lane of church discipline and within like how we have been growing as a body in that, but, but this is more aimed at what to do relationally before it gets to that level, mm. how to kind of put out the fire in a, in a biblical way. And then the last part is to go and be reconciled as Matthew 5, 24 says that peacemaking involves uh, a commitment to restoring damaged relationships. And it's just kind of fundamental about the forgiveness that God has extended to you. You should forgive other people in that way. That's in like Colossians three and other places. So the posture that we are to to have as followers of Jesus and looking to others' interests and then what it means to overcome evil with good. So a lot of just great mm. topics, how to handle, of course, um, things when they go wrong. But even more than that, what should our heart, heart posture yeah. be on a daily basis um, based on what God's word says? Yeah, I would just say as we close, I pray that our church body who's listening, that 
through just this brief conversation that we would understand and, and see this is not just about, hey, let's try something new. Hey, here's a good idea. But these biblical truths have the potential to bring revival hmm. in our church, renewal in our church, renewal in our relationships. And we want to take God at his word and believe and practice what he's teaching and what he's taught us and what he's shown us. And so, man, this this really has a heavy spiritual potential. Yeah. So let's approach the table. Let's come to the table as we gather in our BFG groups. Let's come with humility, with preparedness, with an eagerness to learn, um, and an eagerness to uh, submit to the authority of the Lord's word. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate this conversation. And yeah, we we're prayerfully excited about what is to come through this. So thank you for listening to this episode of the first podcast for those who are in Florida and around the world until next time for your joy and God's glory. Mm-hmm.